This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Let's see what we have here. A little fly over here. Let's come around, Red 5. I've got different coordinates than what our comm says. That can't be. Got the chatter, pilots. We've got a mission to. What was that? Red 5, Red 5. Come around to point 02 and stabilize. Uh, Red 5? Stand by. I got a little trouble here. Whoa, that was close. I see that. TIE Fighters! You've been spotted. R7, we've got a rear junction relay giving it a flak back there. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Hang on to something, everyone. This is Red 5 Mission. Conversations. I'm Charles, and I'm Pat, and this is episode 53, Banter Father. A long time ago, in a van on the way to Orlando, a couple of nerds had a series of conversations, <laughs> and this one is with Andrew and Marisha. Woohoo! From the Coruscant Radio Underground, and because you guys don't do enough, you also you guys also have the Science Fictionary podcast, right? That's right. right. Fantastic. Got to keep it real and exciting. <laughs> All, right. All right. Two great shows. Why don't you tell us a little bit about those shows and how uh, how they came to be and uh, what you guys talk about, what you guys focus on. Okay. Uh, I mean, Coruscant Radio Underground, we've been going for about two and a half years on that one. And it really started off as simply me wanting to... I was always calling my friend from high school and my brother. We were always having these conversations, but... It was always like I'd call somebody and say, oh, well, I, you know, I can't talk right now. I got to go. And it really just all kind of started because it was like, how can I schedule a way where we can just <laughs> sit down and talk? And so that's really how it started off. And then somewhere along the way, people some, kept bailing on yeah, you. Somebody bailed. <laughs> I, guess, I, it. I was like, just for tonight, like just once. Who's reliable? <laughs> the wife. So who is, you know, the only other co-host for the Star Wars show? The wife. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it started off as that, and it just has kind of evolved from there. And, and sometimes we still have uh, some of the other guys still show up, but a lot of times it's just kind of me and Marisha talking Star Wars and just kind of how it affects the way we think about things and the things that it makes you think about. And of course, we do the shows with the kids. We love sharing it with the kids and it offers a lot of teaching moments with the kids. And it also gives us interesting insights into the way they process mm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are great and shows. The other show we started because our, what are you watching this week segment on Coruscant radio underground kept getting longer and longer and longer. It's like, <laughs> you know, we have to have a, a time to talk about all these other things. Uh, so Usually our co-host is actually his friend that he originally started with is his son. Okay. Um, kind of like was like, hey, David, come talk with us. And then next thing you know, like dad's gone. But here we still have the son. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, this is this is a study in recruiting family members. <laughs> but he's got great perspective too. Yeah, but that that other show, it really, like she said, you know, we kept wanting to talk about other things. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of shows. I mean, a couple in our network have, have kind of switched gears and just become general podcasts. But the Star Wars podcast was kind of my baby. And I was like, I, 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 I'm not giving up my Star Wars show, even if I have to do it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else, I think that was kind of the deal. My brother and my my other two friends that are doing the show with us we're really way more interested in just kind of having general conversations mm. rather than just the star Wars conversation every week. And so they're getting more involved and we've got a lot of new stuff coming up over there where my brother's working on setting us up. We're going to do some live D and D play. that. So a uh, lot of, a lot of new stuff coming up over there. Yeah, well, your Pillars series is fantastic and uh, just all around great content. And you guys got a great, obviously, together. You and Marisha are, you know, chemistry works well. And David and so so David is the young one, right? Is the son and your your buddy right. is, is he? Daniel, Daniel that's it. Okay. Yeah. So great show. So if you guys aren't listening to both of those shows, uh, definitely give them a follow and listen because it's fantastically engaging stuff. And your WandaVision series was fantastic as well. So just all around great content so yeah well thank you and and yeah. where the where the show really hits gold for me is when i have robbie and daniel on and i don't know if you've heard any of those uh yes i think i've heard a couple of them yeah nobody can push daniel's buttons like my little brother <laughs> and it's just you know we're doing our ranking the star wars movies and robbie starts no. pulling out shadows of the empire and <laughs> and space balls and Daniel's going, do you even understand what we're doing here? <laughs> it's great. They've known each other way too long. <laughs> yeah. uh, audio gold. Yep. Yes, there it is. We're all the best podcasts are made of. Exactly. <laughs> People annoying each other. Yes. <laughs> you like that. Um Okay. You what, Pat? Actually, do you want to just intro to the uh, topic, or you want me to do it? What? You want me to do the topic, or you want to take? A, we have a topic? topic. We do have a topic. <laughs> right. I yeah, that's it. Okay. You um, did your homework for <laughs> it's. It's funny because this, our show started out with me knowing everything and him knowing Star Trek, and hundred um, percent true. Hundred percent true. And now it's like. <laughs> Well, now it's like he does all the work. <laughs> Not true. Works out great for one of us. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I guess we can get into this <laughs> better than the other stuff that I would uh, that I would end up saying. Yes. So yes. Um, so I guess our main topic for today, as far as uh, Charles's research is concerned, is. Um, Series finales, mm. which, uh, you know, obviously the series, the television series, mm. um, then I also take this to mean the trilogy series. Correct. Yeah. Each batch. Know, yeah. Like each, each batch of trilogies. Yes. Each um, subsect of the saga. Um, and then uh, I guess like the final acts of um, 
Rogue One and Solo. Yeah, so those, yeah, those do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, that's a great, that's a great perspective, like, especially yeah. the axe, if you want to look at it that way, because that's like a. I thought of. <laughs> right, and you see, you're questioning why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't question why you're here. <laughs> oh, well, I I can't help myself. Um, all right, yeah. So, uh, I guess. Um, there's a couple ways to uh, to do this, but um, I feel like we start at the beginning. Okay. So part four. <laughs> okay. Naturally. Naturally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have to. Um, so I I guess let's uh, let's kick this off to to you fine folk and um, and delve into the the finale of the original trilogy awesome so well i mean it was my favorite return of the jedi was my favorite as a kid may or may not have had to do with ewoks <laughs> i mean i'm saying i was like eight so you know i'm, I'm allowed <laughs> um, i mean such such an epic such an epic and satisfying conclusion though you know, so especially at the end of Empire, when they knew they were making another one, it was like, oh, questions. We're going to throw, you know, is, and I remember being like, is, is he his really his father? I looked at my dad. I was like, I don't think that's true. That he's lying. He's <laughs> that's lying. cool. Yeah. Um, and so they did, I mean, just such a perfect job of fulfilling all of the, the expectations that people had all the answering all the questions that needed to be answered and just making a beautiful, wonderful movie on top. Hmm. So that's my short take. Yeah. I mean, Jedi hits, well, it hits all the right notes for, an, you know, for a finale that, that last 30 minutes of it is Gosh, really yeah. kind yeah. of the culmination, not just of that trilogy, but now looking back, it's really the first six movies that all comes to a head right there mm -hmm. in that last 30 minutes of, of Jedi and I mean what's not to love about it it has everything and it, it wraps up so many of those story arcs so well and I mean some of them that George went back and kind of created with the prequels mm -hmm. but that's really I, I as far as Star Wars finales I don't think it gets bigger than the Jedi because or better, mm -hmm. better. Interesting. And, and there are some good ones I mean I, I love a lot of the stuff in the animated series, but it's it's such a big moment that the the uh, Palpatine, Vader, and Luke moments going on there, and then seeing this empire fall and and it feels it feels complete when you're done with it. Mm. Very yeah. true. Yeah, it absolutely does. In fact, it's one of the only finales of any of them that when you watch it, it feels complete. Because a lot of the rest of them have you running off another direction. Correct. Yeah. And that's the way I saw it, too, because I saw it in theaters. So, yes, I'm old. Um, you know, and I have vague memories of, you know, seeing uh, Empire Strikes Back in a drive-in and then seeing uh, as a double header, seeing um, A New Hope right after it as a, a drive-in oh, wow. double feature. And But Return of the Jedi, I still distinctly remember my older sister taking me to see that and waiting downtown Montreal in a lineup to go and see Return of the Jedi and seeing that movie. And just like you said, Andrew, where at the end of that movie, I felt that, wow, this is, for me, it was the end of this 
you know, sequels still at that point were something new. You know, at that point, it's like, oh, my gosh, you get three movies. This is fantastic. And Star Wars and all these different characters. And the funeral pyre scene will never have sort of a, a, a stronger feeling of connection from the movie that I grew up loving in, in, in uh, A New Hope and seeing the funeral pyre with Vader and Luke on Andor that, you know, the um, force theme with the crickets in the background and the faint sounds of the, of the celebration in the background with so much power. And that's, an, that's a great point that you both made. It's like where you have this one movie culminates the prequel trilogy, but also then you can even throw the Clone Wars in there because mm-hmm. that story continues in that arc. It's like, wow, this is the ultimate end to this sort of final last act. And it's, it is quintessentially probably the, the strongest end to an entire uh, trilogy that we have sitting out there. All right. It's the one to live up to. True. True. Mm-hmm. So, um, my daughter is in a film class with her school, and um, they had a list of films that they were going to watch and analyze and take tests on and, and you know, all the classics. Um, and A New Hope was on there, which was exciting to me. <laughs> and, I mean, she, she had seen, I, I mean, let's, let's set the record straight. My daughter has seen all of the films um, and, and the series and... And her Ahsoka headpiece, one of her Ahsoka headpieces, <laughs> right here. And uh, so, I mean, she's she's Star Wars fan. Um, she got one of her A New Hope questions wrong, so she got ninety percent. Okay, <laughs> I I didn't love her any less <laughs> after that. But then. <laughs> then they, they watched Empire, which wasn't on the list of films. So I guess their teacher's like, well, I know her teacher, her film teacher, and he's a super nerd. Like his license plate says ghost, and he's got um, like the, like the, the ghost in his window. Nice. Yeah. Like he's a big nerd. Anyway, so they put on Empire. She got 90% on that as well. <laughs> no, say it ain't so. This is public. We're recording this, by the way. I'm just letting you know, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I expressed my displeasure with her as well. So today she finished watching um, Return of the Jedi. Oh boy! Today, today anticipation and, is crazy. Um, <laughs> right. So I mean, not to get long winded, but it's my show, so I can do what I want. Um, <laughs> so essentially, so she's a remote learner right now. Um, so I come out to, to do something. Well, basically, I knew she was watching it, so I came out to watch it. Um, <laughs> and it was the end scene. It was, it was the oh. victory celebration. And it was a special edition, and that's fine. It's okay. I'm not gonna, we're not going <laughs> to have any qualms with that, okay? At least it's Star Wars, whatever. Um, so, you know, they're doing the fireworks over Coruscant, and, you know, and Lando's over there clapping and all. Um, so then I stayed and watched because uh, what choice did I have? And then um, then I left and she took her test and uh, she aced it. I mean, nice you know. redemption, just like Vader. <laughs> <Been redeemed. laughs> so yes, out of out of all her 
Star Wars test. You got a hundred on on Jedi. Nice. Uh, so there's that. Thankfully. Um, yes, thankfully, because I I was a product of adoption. I you know I don't necessarily want that for, for my child. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, it, she's the sweetest, and I love her. Um, but Star Wars, um, <laughs> I, was that that was also my favorite one growing up was Return of the Jedi. Cool. And, um, you know, between Luke's confidence and, like, Jabba, because we didn't see Jabba before, because this is, this is the on George version. This mm. is the pre-special editions, right? So you didn't have that whatever it was in the, uh, in the um, docking bay of Mos Eisley. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, everybody, you know, in, in Star Wars, it's, oh, I got to pay back Jabba and all this. So you're like, oh, who's this guy? So then you see him, and you're mm. like, oh, he's grotesque, and he's terrible. And then, um, then you know, you've got Yoda again, and I love Yoda. Some people don't, but I love Yoda. <laughs> and um, and just the, you know, the duel between Luke and Vader. Right. Because the other one I didn't like when I first saw it in Empire. I was like, How's the good guy lose? I don't understand this, and I don't care for it at all. <laughs> and so in this one, he doesn't lose, and you know it's it's he's got that sort of um, confidence that comes with with that, um, with the training from Yoda and everything. And it just you know, as everyone else said before me, um, it just it caps off the trilogy the way that you would want it to mm. you've got as a standalone film it's great and as the finale of of that trilogy it, it answers all your questions you've got you know that gap of time between empire and and jedi where you can put stuff like shadows in there and all and um <laughs> but you don't have to to appreciate it right and it's it's really completely wrapping everything up from the from the series at that point mm-hmm. so if we do the original trilogy then do we want to then skip back into well chronological release or do you want to skip over to uh the prequel trilogy and talk about sith yeah let's let's hit up uh revenge of the sith that sounds fun oh yeah i have a good feeling about this <laughs> what do you think andrew what's your take on revenge of the sith and the uh and how that caps off the original trilogy, uh, sorry, the prequel trilogy. Um, I mean, you know, I, I really love it. I mean, it, it's kind of the moment. I mean, if you look at it as the, if you look at the first six movies as Vader's story, which is was Lucas's intention, and mm-hmm. you know, that's there's a mm-hmm. lot. It's almost like you were dragging it out up to that point to get it there. And you know, whatever you think about the prequels, I mean, I for the most part love the prequels because the story's all there. You know, whatever you want to say about the things George Lucas was experimenting with at the time. Like writing with, dialogue. <laughs> with, <laughs> or, you know, thinking he was Shakespeare or, you know, the story's all there and it's brilliant. And that fall, Vader's fall, uh, Anakin's fall is, I mean, it, it's a, it's in a huge moment and it, it's kind of, it's the middle of Anakin's journey. And sets things in motion to send Luke on his journey. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's, it's kind of difficult almost to see it as a finale in, unto itself because it's the opposite of Jedi. It's so incomplete. 
very true. Yet it still has to do the handoff to the story that we've already known. That's and that's a fantastic point that the you've got a complex story that's already sort of the end the bookend has been told. How do you bridge that with this movie and still feel like a complete movie without sort of everyone knowing the answer already? It's a you know it's not an easy task. As a classical tragedy, it does definitely end you know in a right. you know it, it it's 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 one of those stories i feel like um he's you know lucas is definitely no shakespeare when it comes to writing dialogue but he sure does write the kind of stories that shakespeare would steal <laughs> 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 yeah all right you know like yeah, Shakespeare never, I don't think, ever wrote an original story, but he sure could write, you know. So this is exactly that. I mean, it's so huge and, and epic and tragic. Mm. And, you know, I never went in much for tragedy when I was young, but the older and more cynical I get, the more the more I like it. <laughs> I'm not sure what that says about me, but there it is. Um, actually, I... It is actually my favorite Star Wars. Nice. Revenge of the Sith is actually my wow. favorite. Okay. And uh, I think that probably just makes me a millennial more than anything else. <laughs> because, you know, it was the, the prequels. They were, you know, I was a teenager when they were coming out. They were, I was the target demographic. You know, I was a four, I was a 14-year-old girl whenever the prequels came out, whenever the first one came out. So I was definitely right there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's. I don't want to say tragic again because that starts to sound really no, redundant. But it, it, does but it, a, it does a wonderful job. That movie all by itself does it adds so much depth it to does. who Darth Vader is. Mm-hmm. And also to who who Obi-Wan is. You know, like all of a sudden, whenever Luke shows up, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you know, you can tell he's like looking at him and he's seeing this other kid that he loved. You know, and it's like, it, it's here he is again. And he's, you know, it's just, it, it definitely gives some some weight, I think, to the, to A New Hope specifically with kind of having that background information just in all of, you know, and now all of a sudden, you know, these characters aren't just names, you know, you actually have a background and you can kind of empathize with how they got where they are. Mm-hmm. That's so, a great point. I know a lot of people don't like background on, you know, they just want the bad guy to be bad. But <laughs> I, I, I don't mind the bad guy being bad. But I, I also like to know, well, how did it happen that way? People don't just like aren't just born like whoa, murdering people. Right. That's but not that's, how. It goes. But that's the thing about Vader. Like he's never been this character. A lot of people like him because he's a bad guy. But he was always a character that, through our hero's eyes, we were supposed to have some level of empathy for right right uh-huh. yeah, so you, true you follow him and sort of root for him to a certain degree but also see that other dark side of him as well that's a great yeah. point marisha because you got if return of the jedi then serves to encapsulate the original trilogy because that's all we had at the time you've got revenge of the sith is more about paying it forward to the original trilogy as a finale and a progression of steps between phantom menace and attack of the clones we're really pushing it forward. So the, the the purpose of Revenge of the Sith obviously is to, just like you said, it was perfect, is that you need to give Vader that weight behind him. Like, what's that journey yeah. behind him to give him that uh, weight? And when we see him at the 10 to V4 and, and slinging the, the lightsaber, 
we suddenly now have the backstory. And if anything, that just gives it even more impact than everything that happens after. It's like, wow, now we know. And that's for me, and I'm sure everyone here would say the degree that having that backstory just makes him as a character that much more, much more deep and everything, everybody he interacts with at that point, more important. Well, I think that's one of the things that kind of hits people. You know, a lot of people that really don't like the prequels, I think one of them is because it changes their villain that they grew up with. You know, it mm. it takes this villain who who is this dark, brooding horror villain and suddenly turns him into sort of the sympathetic villain. Well, you remember right. there's a person under there. Right, right. right. And, that's, and I think that's key with the redemption arc. Because oh, it's true. You you have this villain who's evidently the good guy's father, and you know he gets him to be nice again by the end, and nice. then he dies. And you're like, all right, cool, I guess. But to identify with him back in the prequels and say, look, you know, this is he's kind of returning to his former self, and he's he's um. You know, and and the fall that he's gone from grace and everything kind of, uh, you know, adds many layers to not only the character, but to the story. You know, you've got that tragedy of the prequels and then you've got that redemption arc in the original trilogy that that means it's it's contrived at the point of the original trilogy. But then as it's fleshed out in the prequels, you, you see how validated that, that turn back to grace was. Yeah, yeah it, it gives it more, more validity, like you said. It more, now the payoff is bigger, I think. Yep. If you have a little more content instead of like, and he's my dad, so I want him to be good again. <laughs> now all of a sudden you're invested in him, not just as Luke's father, but as, as a character in his own right. Right. And, you know, from Lucas's point, you know, he had obviously the all nine movies sort of fleshed out in a certain sense, right? And mm -hmm. what we got was four, five, and six, and thus the confusion of the numbers, number one, number four, whatever that was. But um, he knew the foundation of Vader's arc before we see him in the uh, four, five, and six, and then he had his plans for seven, eight, nine. But it wasn't like the prequel trilogy came about because hey we made a bag of money on the original trilogy let's just you know shove something in here to make it kind of cool that yeah. arc sort of pre-existed into a certain degree and he had the skill he had the technology the green screens whatever it was he needed to make happen and right. the culmination of that third movie the revenge of the sith allowed him to hand off like the baton in a marathon here we go this is the pass off and now you watch the original trilogy with what you just saw in the prequel trilogy like Andrew said, you've got all the weight. No matter what you think about the three movies themselves, the, the nitty-gritty of the details, you still get this fantastic arc of, uh, you know, an innocent child or a child of the Jedi coming into the galaxy's greatest villain. And it's, you know, just impacts and makes everything forward that much better. Pretty sure I cried the first time <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> and that's your favorite movie too, right? Like this, this is, yeah. Sith. Man, that's. I, I may have also cried subsequent times watching it. I cry a lot when I watch movies. In case you ha aren't getting that, that <laughs> that's a good but, thing. You're look, invested. I am that's good. Stocking Kleenex, okay? So, <laughs> right, 
but so you know the, just the dynamic of 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 Padme's unwavering commitment to the light and Anakin's ever enduring willingness to compromise mm. um and you know just that and and the especially that last that last act whatever you can say about the the dialogue and you know, the any of anything else in the prequels i mean just phenomenal the you know it's like you go and you have padme and she's in white and she's dying and you have vader and he's in black and he's coming back to life and you're just going back and forth and i mean so masterfully beautifully mm -hmm. done mm -hmm. just from a just a, from a cinematic point of view yep. just so um i mean even if you just watched it even if there's no other information it's just just so beautiful well, and the things that the prequels set up, especially there towards the end, I mean, you could have a whole, you could have a podcast where you just literally talked about nothing but philosophical concepts of the prequels. There's so many things that, that Lucas was weaving into, into that story. Yeah. yeah. And you can have those, those entry points from many of those points in the prequel trilogy, whether it's governmental and sort of machinations of government or trade routes business or the jedi or you know um uh, or the banking clan the banking clan <laughs> exactly we know them well um <laughs> I don't watch out for the banking clan. <laughs> they got yeah. their fingers everywhere um oh, that's man. that's very true is that the all that within it's funny to say but you know the subplot being the march of anakin skywalker to turn into the darth vader is happening in the background while all these other things are happening of course palpatine being you know the puppet master behind most of it but um that's pretty cool right and all the ideas of destiny and fate and you know you can argue you know you you see all the arguments about well if 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 obi-wan hadn't done this or qui-gon hadn't died and all this and you can just talk about these ideas endlessly is there anything that if this was anakin's fate is there anything that could have been done to stop it Right. In, in this I, fantasy world, can you stop fate? Can you change your destiny? Well, and I think, too, destiny is forged by the events taking place. And if, if those events were meant to happen, to set things up the way they did, then they were going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And we can talk about how much of a mastermind Palpatine was all night if we want. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's true. But, that's the X factor for sure. That, that's the thing is, you know, he saw all the pieces on the board and he manipulated the ones he could and that that changed the game. And for as much as he may have felt the force and how it was going to predetermine Anakin's path and, you know, destiny from where he expected him to be, he pulled every lever that he could around him to make that uh -huh. path right, lead him up to, you know, you are now Darth Vader and, you know, fulfill his plan, Palpatine's plan at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. And like right. Marisha was saying, that final 30 minutes, just like gut-wrenching and climactic yeah. and horrible and wonderful. And, you know, how, you know, how can you forget the scene of, with Owen and Beru? You know, holding young Luke with the twin sons and just like, ugh, oh yeah, yeah, you know. And again, that movie <laughs> looked at again. It's like, wow, 
Well, that's it. We're done with Star Wars. You know, yeah. we got another yep. kick at the can. We, you know, we had the uh, the finale of Return of the Jedi, and that was fantastic. And we got a wonderful gift of uh, of the prequel trilogy and uh, you know, Revenge of the Sith. Now we've got the whole six movies, and we're all happy. But what came next was the um, the Clone Wars, and yeah. my history with the Clone Wars is quite complex. Pat, yours is not so much. <laughs> well, I mean. I, you know, I wasn't the first person to watch the Clone Wars. I'll tell you that for sure. Um, but uh, it's, um, it was a, a, a great series for me that enriched the prequels, you know, fundamentally. And, yeah. um, and when we got um, close enough that we could, uh, you know, rag on each other a little bit. <laughs> Uh, I made sure to uh, express my disdain with your terrible viewing choices, uh, not including the Clone Wars. So um, too much Star Trek. You've really never seen the Clone Wars? Well, at that point, I hadn't. No, I hadn't seen it. No, I haven't. uh... You have now. Yes, I have now, and extremely too much Star Trek. And he loves it. Yes, yes. When we first met, within I guess maybe probably the first several months of us sort of all getting together our wives who met first and of course as the husbands we you know connected and nerds and sci-fi and sci-fi being star trek not being sci-fi and star wars being the best um i did not want to see the clone wars i just didn't have um the desire to watch cartoons yes but he watched captain kirk throw terrible punches (laughs) (laughs) and i'll have you know that i don't think i actually saw the Attack of the Clones in theater. I just, I took my little brother at the time to go and see Phantom Menace and I wasn't that enamored with it. I did see Revenge of the Sith and enjoyed it to a certain degree. And knowing that the Clone Wars were connected to these movies that I didn't really have that much of a love for um, didn't really appeal to me. Plus I, you know, I being aloof and, and, you know, at the time naive, oh, this animation style, forget about it. He's look, why does, uh, why does uh, Anakin have triangles on his head? So I, you know, I dismissed it as stylistically mm-hmm. uninteresting and covered a period that I just didn't like. But uh, having watched them, the immense value that they add, not to just revenge, but also to the entire, uh, the entire prequel trilogy is it can't Absolutely. be, can't be unmet. I actually was kind of having an argument with somebody online one day and she was basically Uh-oh. just like, <laughs> um, it was it was Padme and Anakin, and Anakin was just a terrible decision and a total loser. And there's no way that somebody as smart and whatever and whatever as Padme would have gone for Anakin. And I was just like, and I was like, you were. I, mean, I was like, you're, you know. And so then we go back and forth, and it was very, very, you know, we were we were being nice. We weren't like really fighting. We were just disagreeing. And then I went back and I watched Attack of the Clones. And I was like, he is kind of the worst. <laughs> and I realized that a lot of my, pretty my, a lot of my feelings about Anakin Skywalker were taken from the Clone Wars series. Mm. Like I, right. I was viewing him as this really, um, you know, heroic and, you know, clever and the kind of the person that he kind of matures into um, you know, as the Clone Wars kind of progress and right. Yeah. So it's like, I was like, okay, so 
caveat here. Like, <laughs> if we're just talking, okay, if we're talking Attack of the Clones, Anakin, like, yeah, he's kind of a creep, okay? But we have to, like, flesh out the whole story. This is just a facet of, like, really awkward teenager. Mm-hmm. So let's, like, here's the whole rest of, of who he is. Really awkward teenager raised as a monk? Yeah, yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> you mean he's not good at flirting? <laughs> because he's been at the Jedi Master, Temple for 10 years? Like, you'll have to I'll tell take the first watch over the senator while she's sleeping. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, oh dear. Yeah, so tell me, love, are people uh, raised under a rock table at flirting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that pause was awesome. <laughs> we have an ongoing, an ongoing joke that I was raised under a rock, so I just had to see if I can get a reaction. Got there. Home- homeschooler, over yeah, here. I was homeschooled. Ah, so. there you go, there you go. You know, special, special kind of sheltered <laughs> <laughs> and highly intelligent, so, likely. Yeah, and I was yeah. terrible at flirting, but you know, I still, I still paid off. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So uh, I hope that when you guys were courting, you didn't bring up the fact that you uh, slaughtered sand people. (laughs) (laughs) That's usually a deal breaker. Yeah, usually it it probably should be a deal breaker. You know, not just the men, but the women and children too. Right. (laughs) But he was crying. He was so sad. So I guess that you know, puppy eyes. But at least, at least he learned his lesson, and he didn't do it at the Jedi Temple later on. Right. He would never repeat that terrible, terrible. He broke thing. that pattern. Yeah. Actually, yeah. it's more like a slice like that. Probably. Yeah. yeah. There's a 12 parsec program, so he just, you know, he's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so now we need like a like a a Star Wars fan fiction about like the 12 parsec program, and you know, like all the. <laughs> I've already written it. It's part of the book of Hondo. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Coming Perfect. to self-publishing near you. <laughs> yes. Twelve parsecs. Who needs twelve? Um, if you round oh, down. Oh man. Yes. Oh. But no, that's I don't have time for twelve. But we do have a complex, you know, approach to the the Clone Wars in the finale sense because, of course, once oh, you know, oh. it was, you know, it was ended quickly, and and not that the lost missions were anything to sniff at because you know they were they represented some of the best star wars lore sure. that you could ever ask for you know with yeah. the the living force and and the yoda missions and all that so as a mm-hmm. finale when i i remember when seeing that it's like wow it i understood where the clone wars themselves were you know they were ended and it was just stop production it was a disney thing okay i get it this is where that ended but still what we had already received was mm-hmm. fantastic but the 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 lost missions were deep 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 awesome stuff but then we get the clone war saved and how massively amazing was that and of course we just experienced that last year and andrew what do you think about part one of the finale of the clone wars and then tack on the deep wonderful storytelling that we got in the clone Wars saved in in season seven like how does that sort of fit into the whole discussion that we're having tonight about the the, you know does it pay it forward to the series or is like a is it talking to itself or is it talking forward you know you almost could have in a lot of ways other than the fact that i don't know i really think in a lot of ways you could have even just called this 
you didn't have to call it Clone Wars. It, it's it's really the culmination of Ahsoka's story. Mm. I mean, it could have been it could have been Ahsoka. <laughs> Period. True. I mean, and that's that's what it is. Is because we left off sending this character who had been who had grown into a character that 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 is uni- almost universally loved. You know what Dave Filoni did with that character is kind of astounding mm. in the way, he, and he really and he did it again with Ezra. He can and Sabine and Sabine. True, very he, true. The way that he can have a character kind of grow up on you yeah. know through animation like that it's kind of wild and the the you know of course that first finale it felt so incomplete it felt so rushed it it was it was a good episode that's a great episode but it's just like okay but what's next yeah like, right it was a very very felt very much like a season finale season finale mm. yeah like, like oh, we're done. This, we gotta wrap cool this up. Cool things, exactly. <laughs> and then something else happened, but it was just it. Mm. Yeah. But that that uh, season seven finale. I mean, that's a powerful episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it spawned. You know, what's we're going to be seeing soon with the with the Bad Batch, um, and then yeah. the the Bartez sisters, and through the four part finale with tying right into the Revenge of the Sith and. You know, each, like you were saying, Andrew, each section of that story really did fulfill Ahsoka's character and, and sort of brought her into light and matured her to the point where we know her. And, you know, when Pat, you know, implored me to, uh, is a word I guess I can use, to watch The Clone Wars. And I did that and I That's watched it. That's one way to put it. <laughs> That's one way to put it. I was and, a little more abrasive than that, I think, but okay. Correct. And then, so I I finished watching The Clone Wars. I'd watch it over several months, whatever, at the gym and weekends, whenever I had time. And then seeing that arc, and this is before, of course, The Clone Wars saved. And then he says, okay, I finished The Clone Wars. Yay for me. Great job. Go watch Rebels. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, you know. He's and like, I'm done. I'm like, no, nah, not so much. So Rebels comes along. And at that point, I had gotten over my, you know, obtuseness about, you know, animation style and was ready to accept a story. And watched Rebels. And then when Ahsoka appeared as Fulcrum, I, I remember the day I was on the treadmill. I had to stop the treadmill. I was so excited because Pat hadn't told me anything about... He didn't tell me anything. He just watched the story. You know, I saw Rex. And then when, you know, but when Ahsoka came on uh, as as Fulcrum, I, I lost it. Absolutely lost it because it was such an exciting time to see her progress into this. Now we're talking you know, a new hope territory and, and early rebellion and the whole man, this is, this is really cool. And of course her arc with Vader and then the finale of rebels. And I still remember to this day that I, again, had to stop the treadmill when, uh, when Kanan um, did what he had to do. Mauritius, what was your, your feeling with that and how it ended? Wow. It was, we actually were watching it as it was coming out. Um, and I made the mistake. I wasn't thinking Rebels comes out today. And so here I am scrolling through Instagram and here's a famous cosplayer losing his mind about what just happened to Kanan. Oh. Uh. Like, Not cool, famous person. <laughs> Not <a> famous person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right. I, I actually, I had that. So but man, it was so. Of course, then of course, then I go into the episode knowing what's going to happen. But even still, 
I tell you what, it was so compelling. Um, and actually, I was watching, I didn't watch the whole art, but I did watch the last episode today. And I noticed the this the shot, Ezra, he's he's got Thrawn on this side, and he's got the stormtroopers on the other side, and he looks back, and it's the same exact shot that we got of Kanan whenever he's turning around looking at Harris <sighs> saying, you have to go. And, and wow. Ezra's saying, I'm, I have to finish this. I have to do what I'm doing. And I was like, oh, it's the, you know, I, and I didn't catch that the first time I watched wow. it. I was like, wow, that's such attention to detail in yeah. those, those beats and that repetition. And I mean, so masterful. Um, and of course this one kind of ended and was like, and it ended and here's the epilogue and epilogue and cliffhanger. <laughs> thing we have not announced yet yeah and we're just gonna just drop it there <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah and still yeah. have not announced what, no. you know the the uh answer to that that particular little hook they left there at the very end yeah Oh, but Ahsoka again, man, in that white cloak. Oh, yeah, oh. watching that. Her Gandalf moment. Yeah, her Gandalf moment. <laughs> oh, man. It was like, of course, my kids were losing their minds because, you know, they do. They're, you know, big, yeah. big fans. My, uh, at, the, at that time, my little one was cosplaying Sabine and my older one was doing Ahsoka. So they were all, you know, nice. that, that was their, they were real excited for that Sabine and Ahsoka moment there at the end. <laughs> But yeah, you know, uh, you know, Ahsoka definitely, I mean, that was, Filoni is obsessed with Lord of the Rings. In fact, I hope one day when he's done with Star Wars, one day, hopefully way down the road that someone lets I him hope make. hope he's never done with Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's this time at some point in the future where he's not so tied up with that, I would love to see him tell one of the stories mm. from Tolkien in animation. Wow. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I mean, there was no doubt when you see Ahsoka standing there in the white with Very the staff. True. It's like yeah. it's Gandalf the White. Is that her moment? Like you know, she's returned from the dead and is ready to take this character on an West. adventure. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> what tipped it off to me is when she walked up to Sabine and said, "But the cruiser is never late." She arrived. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> took a took a puff from her off corn pipe. Yes. Made it a ship sailed through the yeah. long bottom leaf. Yes. <laughs> it's funny, you know, I look at Rebels. I literally for me, and I I would I will say right now that the Rebels finale is the one I've watched the least because it's so emotional that it it's it's hard for me to watch it without seeing the entire series. Like I can watch everything else as as pieces and revisit them, but Rebels is for some reason has been hard. But I I separate the epilogue from the end of what what ended up happening to Kanan, and I take those two pieces as a, as apart, even though it's I know it's part of the finale, because I see the epilogue as like setting things off into the future, and I bookend it there, and that's probably why I have a hard time revisiting it. And it's like I said, one of the fewest things that i've watched in the past i've watched it probably twice the uh, the first time i saw it and i think once when we were doing uh some research on another show and i watched it again it's like i can't watch this again it's too much 
to not invest myself in the characters again. Yeah. That's how wonderful I felt about it. Yeah. It's it's very, very emotionally draining sometimes mm -hmm. to watch. Yeah. And um, you know, even though the, the series itself ends on a a positive note, it's the sacrifice of the rebels that leads to the success in the future just like in rogue one with the with the yeah. uh the the guy on the ship that's you know they're they're all sacrificing to get the mm. the plans to someone that can do something about it because they can't and um so it's just that whole theme of you know we have to do whatever it takes you know we have to hope that what we can do together is enough. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I really think, and I, I realize this more and more that one of the biggest running themes throughout all of Star Wars is this idea of sacrificial love, the sacrificial death. Mm. Um, that's, I mean, that's the fate of all the Skywalkers. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. It's very true. And, but you do see that in, in Rebels as well. I mean, very, very strongly. In fact, the Rebels finale has, I mean, what the level that they brought Ezra up to for that last little arc is yes, is kind of unreal. I mean, they bring him into this realm of, like, now you really want to see who he becomes as a Jedi. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, because I, I think that, you know, his mentors have been Kanan and, and um, Ahsoka. I mean, two of the most Jedi of all the Jedi we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. and it would be interesting. And, and I'm assuming at some point Filoni's going to get around to bringing him back. Yeah. I, I don't think that they left that off uh, no. just because, and, and of course the sooner the better, because uh, they, you know, they won't let, uh, <laughs> they won't, they won't let Timothy Zahn write anything with Thrawn until Filoni <laughs> decides what he's going to do. It's sort of a roadblock. <laughs> that's, why, that's why Thrawn's tell uh, Zahn's telling uh, the prequels. Prequels, prequels yeah, yeah, right. Because <laughs> he's like, well, can't do anything with that until Dave Filoni makes up his mind what he's doing with it. Because TV shows trump books. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Even for characters that he created, yeah, exactly. On the TV show, he's but, like, I'll wait. Yeah, we've co-opted your character, right? One of the other really cool things about that Rebels finale, though, is I think it's got some of the best Palpatine moments outside of the prequels. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. Flickering. Flickering from the, the Sidious to the Palpatine. Yeah, that's fantastic Well, it's just point. that whole spiel that he gives Ezra mm -hmm. in the you finale. Have it all. It's the same thing that he offered Anakin. I it, give you everything you want. Gosh. I can fix so it. True. All the things that you, all the heartbreak, I can I can fix it. I can make it better. Yeah. <sighs> what a jerk. He's <laughs> it just like I feel like every time I watch Star Wars, he's like that little snake in the garden. Like, did God really say you must not eat the fruit? That's just like his constant little thing. Yeah. Like, oh, is that really the rule? I bet we could change all the rules for just for you. <laughs> it's the worst, though, right? It is. <laughs> Lame. He's the worst. He is the worst. But he did, but he's the best at being the worst. Yeah, he yeah. is. Now he he's is. one that I don't ever want to see. Like I might like to see how he got to be just so twisted, but we don't want to feel sorry for him because he's the worst. <laughs> right. And he's one that I don't want to ever see return. 
again. (laughs) (laughs) I read A New Dawn, the book about um, Canaan and Hera, kind of how they met and um, what they went through and all. You know, you have a little bit of the Caleb Doom stuff from when he was training at the temple and all this. And then you have him after Order 66 where he's like keeping a low profile, getting drunk, doing magic tricks and stuff. And then like, you know, he's just kind of like punching in and out and getting drunk. Um, wow. That's what that's that's what he does at that point. And to kind of see how Hera changes him, how she opens his eyes to what's going on with the Empire and how he kind of turns back to the ideals that he was taught and and then kind of embraces being a Jedi again. By the end of that book, that trickles right into the series where he's a Jedi, but he's still somewhat unsure of himself because his training wasn't complete when the Order went through. And he's just kind of, you know, among the last of his breed. The whole idea of like, how can I train somebody when I wasn't fully trained myself? So he's got that insecurity there, but then, you know, that gets bolstered by his, you know, recollections of what he was taught and, and the Bandu's influence on him and everything else that, you know, lead him to, again, complete his arc back to redemption as a character and go from selfishness in the beginning of the book to complete and utter selflessness nice. by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. I know how many times we see that arc. That's fantastic. Now we're going to see some more stuff with live action. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, before we get into that section, I think this is a natural great breaking point for part one of this Red 5 mission discussion about the series or film finales to catch part two. Jump over to uh, Radio Coruscant Underground coming out in the next week or so, somewhere in there. And um, before we leave our part one, we'd love to uh, find out where everyone can find your guys and your two awesome shows and where you guys are on the social media. Okay. Uh, You can find us at crew underscore podcast at CRU underscore podcast on Twitter. You can check out our website, thesciencefictionary.com and our two podcasts, Coruscant Radio Underground and the Science Fictionary Podcast, are available pretty much anywhere you would want to go listen to a podcast. I'm mostly on Twitter these days. I am P Padawan, so that's mostly me on social media. I mean, I have an Instagram and a website, but they're just kind of there <laughs> <laughs> for archival purposes. <laughs> Uh, this has been a fantastic discussion with you guys. It's It's been loads of fun and, and a great discussion about about all of the uh, all of the finales. I've, I've had a great time. Um, we are, um, I guess, per Charles's insistence, we're on the, uh, we're on the internet, I guess. <laughs> we have our uh, website uh, conversations.com. And then we've got the Facebooks at facebook.com slash conversations. We have an Instagram at conversations and Twitter at suations. Mm-hmm. We have um, a Spreadshirt store. We've got a Pete Public store. Uh, we've got 
Um, too many stores. That, yeah, exactly. Too many stores, not enough people to run them, I guess. Uh, too enough people to run the podcast. Um, and then, um, you know, we're obviously in the Red 5 network with um, this fine crew and, and many others that are wonderful and talented and entertaining as well. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.